1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one day fantasy sports. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured run in the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh HayesFS. The RotoWire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, now live streaming on Google Hangouts. And you can also check us out on the official RotoWire YouTube channel, so make sure you press that subscribe subscribe button. Let us know that you enjoyed the show, Benicio. Welcome to another ginormous NBA slate here for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still licking my wounds a little bit from last night. I had a uh, a lot of Kawhi Leonard exposure over on sites that don't have late swap. Not that it really mattered though, because I had Kawhi exposure on DraftKings as well. And by the time they actually came down with that news. You know, if you didn't have, I mean, if you had him in the forward spot and you didn't already have Lamarcus Aldridge in your lineup, you could have just switched to Aldridge, or that didn't work out really well either. Um, but I actually had him stuck in the small forward spot because I had two power forwards that played already, so my forward spot was used up, and I wound up having to leave three thousand dollars on the table and going all the way down to West Johnson was the, you know, only viable candidate that you could have swerved to. So, needless to say, it was not a good night to kick off the second half of the NBA season for me in DFS.
1: Yeah. I definitely hear you there as well. We're sitting there in first place uh, on our, you know, collaborative um, uh, lineup that we used uh, there as well. And, you know, the, the way it goes, just like on Fanduel, you you know, they swap Kawhi Leonard. See ya. when I want to be. Yeah. You know, thanks for the information, San Antonio Spurs, on how, you know, Kawhi Leonard wasn't even close to playing that game, but, you know, Let's let's just wait till 7 p.m., you know, West Coast time to release that so everybody can get um, torpedoed together. So that was awesome. But you know, that's the way the DFS goes. So we're ready to bounce back here uh, with some Saturday action. Uh, like we always do, we record this um, show 36 hours in advance. So if you're live streaming, you're wondering why we're talking about Saturday, or you checking out the YouTube channel, or you're, um, you know, you're subscribed on the podcast as well. Uh, we, we try to give you as much time as possible. One of the only podcasts that I know about there that I'll uh, put out the information 36 hours in advance for you to get as much prep time as possible. So just Take that into account and keep that in as a factor if we happen to mention a player uh, that gets uh, late scratched for the Saturday slate. So let's go ahead and jump into the point guard position here for Saturday. We've got four games on tap, Washington at Miami, Milwaukee at Atlanta, Uh, the Knicks in Port against the Big Cat in Minnesota, and then the Golden State Warriors playing back-to-back against the L.A. Clippers. Your top picks here at PG.
0: Yeah, I think the guy who I like the most is going to be Chris Paul on the day. Um, John Wall is actually playing his third game in three nights. So I'm not really a big fan of that. He's also going up against Miami, which is a team that plays a very slow pace. Um, I don't know how good defensively they're going to be because you got to assume at least Chris Bosh is out. You probably get Whiteside back from that one-game suspension. Um, But I just don't think it's a good spot for Wall. So really I think your choice at the top end comes down to who you like better between Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Uh, you get a little bit of a discount on Chris Paul. You know that he's a, you know, an, a very important piece to their team. Anytime they're in a game that, you know, they got to win. And against Golden State, I think they're going to need him to do as much as possible. He had 59 fantasy points in a game earlier this year against uh, Golden State. So he does have a good history going up against Steph Curry, at least this season so far. Um, and if I have to choose between Chris Paul and Steph Curry. I think there's more upside with looking at Chris Paul, plus you get a little bit of a discount on him um, over Steph Curry. So I think Paul's going to be my top option at the point guard on uh, on Saturday.
1: All right. I like, I like Chris Paul uh, there as well. Obviously, you know, we take a look at this matchup. We know that there's going to be, um, like, good value for Curry and Paul. But, you know, uh, I'm always willing to, and interested in taking the – uh, discount that's available for a, a comparable player too. Uh, and, you know, you know, according to some of the numbers and the projections that we take a look at too, Chris Paul um, is actually the higher projected um, producer. And that doesn't surprise me too much given that he's had to shoulder so much of the load uh, with the, uh, you know, uh, players like Austin Rivers, um, Blake Griffin and the like um, out of the lineup. So uh, it's, Filtering down from Chris Paul here, who else do you, are, are you sort of taking a look at uh, getting exposure to at the point guard position for Saturday?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really love much at the lower end. Um, I think Rubio against the Knicks is a pretty decent spot. So his price, let's see what his price is at. Yeah, he's about 7K over on FanDuel, so it's not exactly a bargain, but he would be somebody I'd be looking at. I like Goran Dragic a little bit as well. Um, We know Washington is a team that plays at a fast pace. So this is going to be a paced up game for him. He's a little bit below 6k. I think you can get 25 to 30 fantasy points out of him, which would be 5x for him at his price. Um, So Drogic is somebody else that I'm taking a look at. Other than that, though, I don't really know. I mean, I want to I want to take a look at Michael Carter Williams, especially if Bayless is going to be out but I don't trust anybody on Milwaukee as long as Jason Kidd's coaching them right now. Um, You know, I had guys sending me questions on Twitter today about using Greg Monroe. And I don't know. I just, with, with Kidd as the coach, the only guys that I think are safe, you know, Middleton's got a safe 38 minutes on that Milwaukee team. But other than that, I mean, you know, he's shown that he's going to rotate Parker and Monroe in and out of games. You know, for some reason, he's not a fan of Michael Carter Williams. There was talk about him looking to, you know, bring in other point guards at the the trade deadline, you know, Rubio being one of the guys that apparently Jason Kidd loves. Um, So I don't know. I just can't really trust anybody else below maybe Dragic. So Dragic and Rubio would be the two cheaper guys that I think I'd be looking at.
1: Yeah, that's interesting that he loves – uh, Ricky Rubio because Ricky Rubio is shooting about as bad as Jason Kidd used to shoot uh, from the field, you know, earlier on yeah. in, his, in his career. So that would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm for, of course Rubio is a kindred spirit for you because, you know, he's a great passer like you always were. Um, the difference was that Jason Kidd could rebound and play defense, and R- Ricky Rubio absolutely cannot. So, um, yeah, for me, I think I want to get some exposure to Jeff Teague. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that Atlanta failed and didn't, um, you know, make the trade with uh, – uh, Dennis shooter but regardless of that, uh, Jeff Jeff Teak has been playing at a pretty high level overall, and I'm also, by the way, okay with um, uh, Michael Carvillim since uh, uh, Dennis. I'm sorry, not Dennis shooter Jared Bayless is um, considered doubtful at this point uh, with that uh, knee issue that he ha- that he currently has. So. Um, if you want to get some exposure to MCW, I like that. Jeff Teague, t- to me, is a guy who's been, who've been playing at a, at, a, at a higher level and is in a very reasonable price of FanDuel. 6300 was the last price tag he hit. He scored 38 fan, um, FanDuel points and produced 6X uh, against the Chicago Bulls there as well. So I think that's somebody that I, that I definitely don't mind targeting down uh, below that um, in, the, in a game that I believe should have a um a fair amount of pace on the Milwaukee side, which would help Atlanta out just a little bit here. So if I'm not paying up for Chris Paul, Jeff Teague, and Michael Kerr I'm fine uh, residing uh, in that range overall. Gordon Drogic, I think, is going to get pushed into um, playing with more pace, although Miami uh, is uh, notorious for playing snail ball like the Utah Jazz uh, is as well. So uh, if I'm uh, fading Chris Paul or starting to you know, pare down from him on Fandle at my second point guard position, Uh, Jeff Teague is probably going to be my number one option, then MCW, then Gordon Dragic. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the shooting guard position here and talk about what you're going to do at the two.
0: Yeah, I like Dwayne Wade a lot, Um, especially if Chris Bosh is out. You know that he's going to have to do more of the scoring for that team. Uh, Washington with that high pace, we know that they haven't been able to stop anybody on the wing this year. Um, So I think this is a pretty good spot for Dwayne Wade. So he's somebody I'm looking at. Um, I also like Clay Thompson here a little bit. Uh, going up against the L.A. Clippers, he's going to draw a lot of J.J. Reddick defense. You know, Reddick's a pretty good shooter. He's actually not as horrible a defender as some people make him out to be. But I still think it's a pretty decent spot here for, uh, you know, Klay Thompson. I think the Warriors are going to score a lot of points. And like I said, I think it's a tougher spot for Steph Curry. So if I have to choose one of the Splash Brothers, I think I'm going to go with Klay uh, with Thompson here. And then from there, you go down to like the 5,000 range, which I think is an interesting thing for us to talk about today. You have guys like um, your boy, Zach Levine, who's down there um, going up against the Knicks. Not necessarily a, a high pace, high-scoring game, but Levine is under 5K. He's been getting you 20 to 25 fantasy points lately. Um, you have J.J. Redick down there in that range at 5K as well. and Then you also have um, Jamal Crawford, who is about 5K as well, too. So you have those three guys that are basically the same price down there at about 5K, Um of those three, like how how do you kind of, you know, settle those guys out? Because Reddick's the guy who probably has the safest minutes, although he's very scoring dependent. You know, it's pretty much the only stat he gives you. Uh Jamal Crawford also does a lot of scoring, but he gets you a couple of the other stats too that can help you out. And then Zach Levine kind of gives you a little bit of everything across the board. But again, he's a guy that's, you know, coming off the bench at this point and um, you know, not playing huge minutes. So You know, from for the top end, I like Wade and Thompson. The bottom end, I'm still trying to parse my way through those other three guys.
1: All right, yeah. For me, I think Jamal Crawford is the most interesting player because of the price point and because um, the pace. That Jamal Crawford is like a kindred spirit when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. Like he plays the way um, the entire Golden State Warriors team plays, which is like you know super fast pace. Uh, and wants to shoot a three every time down. You know, he'd actually probably get some pretty good looks on this team if he played for the Warriors, but he doesn't. He So he has to sort of, to sort of manufacture it and do it on his own in Golden State, uh, against Golden State on Saturday. So I, I like this, uh, you know, um, spot overall. You really only need about, about 20... Six, 25 points in the 5K range for him to meet value. And you take a look at the scoring that he's uh, provided there. We're talking about 18 points or more uh, in every game since January 31st. So he's been rolling in a pretty good clip. Um, it's is expected to get to, to have to shoulder even more of the load now that Austin Rivers is out of the lineup. He would have played more minutes if they didn't house uh, the San Antonio Spurs on, um, on Thursday, which is actually maybe a good thing for him because, you know, uh, a little bit less wear and tear for him and uh, should be ready to go for Saturday. Although, you know, he's had plenty of, of, of layoff already as it is. So, um, you know, fatigue should not be a factor, but so, yeah, Jamal Crawford I would prior, prioritize first. Uh, JJ Redick is um, probably another t- top target, but you know, knowing that the Golden State Warriors have um, pretty good defense, I think that they can sort of you know focus in a little bit on JJ and say, hey, this is a guy that we need to sort of sh- uh, shut down aside uh, in terms of starter scoring aside from CP3. So um, I, I'm a little bit less optimistic about them. Although you do like attacking Clay Thompson um, in this spot, probably over mo- almost anybody else. On the defensive end for Golden State, so I would probably prioritize uh, Crawford, Reddick, and then uh, was it Zach Levine was the third guy for you, or who was their third? Yeah,
0: those. Yeah, those are the three in that like five k price range that I was looking at.
1: Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm fine with that there as well. I'm also okay with Bradley Beal, but probably a little bit to a, a lesser extent um, because he is you know at least a thousand dollars more expensive, um, you know. It, and uh, he's been uh, playing a fair amount of minutes overall. I, you know, this is not, not bad value for 23 minutes of action uh, against the Utah Jazz. And the, you know, this game uh, almost got out of hand uh, there as well. They really didn't need um, uh, to Bradley built to play like the last five minutes of the game. Although the, the, it looks like, you know, 14 points wasn't that, that bad. They were, actually had like an 18-point lead or greater. Um, you know, and it was just basically killing clock the last five minutes against the Utah Jazz. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, gets back up into the 30-minute range and uh, in, at least, uh, you know, produces as, as a 20 real-life point score um, in this uh, Saturday matchup. So, well, something else to pay attention to. Is it really three back-to-back-to-back to back to back games for for the, the, the Wizards? Because, like, they almost never do that anymore in the NBA schedule.
0: Yeah, I don't know why it's set up that way, but they played last night, Right. They played tonight against um, somebody else. I was just looking at it when I was looking at my lineups for, for yeah. They played Detroit on Friday night. They played uh, Thursday night. They were one of the three games the first game the first day back, and then they play Miami and now on right. Saturday.
1: So uh, that's three days in weird a row. And strange that they would do that. So probably I would just probably take Bradley Beal off of my list. Uh, uh, f- for that reason overall. And, uh, you know, to a lesser extent too, for GPPs, I'm okay with Langston and Galloway, uh, there as well, who's, you know, still been riding high for the most part with some pretty good minutes. Uh, definitely GPP only cause you know, the production level has been really wishy-washy, uh, overall, but you see what he's capable of, uh, in the 4,300 pr- price tag, 29.5 points, 14, five and five with two steals is good for, uh, almost seven times value. Uh, there as well, so d- definitely not, not a bad GPP swerve if you want us to go go a little bit cheap. And uh, after spending up at the point guard and the shooting guard position with guys like Wade and CP3. All right, uh, before we move on to the small four position, want to let you know that we still have the 10 day free trial available to all the uh, fantasy listeners, watchers, and uh, everybody else um, uh, who uh, follows us here with uh, our information on Rotowire.com. So all you have to do is go to Rotowire.com/pod, get your 10 day free trial, get signed up. We've got great information for you um, if you're into esports. We've got a, a um, you know great uh, paywall information that becomes free on the 10 day trial once you check that out. An NBA optimizer, NHL optimizer, college basketball, golf, soccer, Major League Baseball coming up. Eight different sites that we cover uh, in our DFS optimizer tab uh, to get the the latest lineup information and projections. All you have to do is check it out. Rotowire.com free 10 day trial. Let them know that Josh and Benny sent you. All right, let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing here at the three for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think if you have the money to spend up, I think Melo is going to wind up being the top scorer overall. Um, he's actually been playing pretty well right before the All-Star break. He had, let's see, uh, 49, 40, 35, 43, 35, 51 fantasy points in uh, you know the last six games that he started, which is pretty solid 4.5 to 5.5x except for the 35-point game. Um, you know, in most of his starts out there. So I think he's a solid cash game play. I don't think he has the upside for tournaments though. For tournaments, I would probably look to save. Um, Two guys who I have my eye on on this, you know, short slate are Kent Bazemore going up against Milwaukee. Um, I think that's a pretty good spot for him. Guys on the wings have been doing pretty well. Bazemore's had uh, 32, 34, 27 fantasy points. And then he had a bad game with 12 fantasy points against Chicago. So three of the last four, he's put up uh, you know, good numbers and returned like 6x value, 5.5 to 6.5x value for you. Um, so he's one guy that I definitely have my eye on. And then the other guy, if I'm looking to save a little bit, I like Harrison Barnes in this matchup as well against um, the Clippers. He's back up to playing over 30 minutes a game, had uh, you know, been averaging about 24, 25 fantasy points over his last couple games. He's at 4,400, which is incredibly cheap. So if you're looking for a guy that – can save salary and give you some upside where he can get the 30 in a tournament and give you six X or more on FanDuel. Um, I think Harrison Barnes might be that guy at small forward.
1: Yeah, I like that call there, there as well. Um, prior to the, the the Phoenix Suns game, where he just went for eight and six, uh, there you know five and a half and six point six six paid off in the price tag. A little bit riskier, probably maybe a better GPP play than any it is a cash game play. But it's going to be mm-hmm. very tough to go back to back to back to paying up for like Chris Paul and Wayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. So you're going to have to find a swerve somewhere, and that's probably the best um, of the group uh, as well. So that something for us to. Uh, to pay attention to there as well, yes. and just you know, below that, I'm not just I'm not just not too crazy about the options. I don't want to use Jeff Green in the in the first game back. Shabazz Muhammad had um, been a guy that's you know under 4K now. So if you get into some trouble and you need to just jump into the spot at least for a GPP or something like that, I'm okay with him because you really only need 20 fantasy points to meet value. You just got to be careful about uh, you know how many value plays you roll into your lineup. You make sure you're you know pretty. Um, uh, uh, Built up in terms of safety at the point guard and the small four and the shooting guard position, if you're going to go all the way down to Baz, um, and in that spot, but you know, we know that the New York Knicks, um, don't play a ton of defense, uh, overall. So, obviously, Carmelo is going to be the top play. Attenda Cupo makes some sense, but you know, um, I, I just don't know if I can trust his, uh, you know, overall production. You know, for every uh strong game that he produces, like 37 fantasy points, he pops up with like a 17 point game you know our 20 point game which is not which is not even close to anywhere uh you know uh, at 3x or anything like that, like that and he's been sitting at this in, in the low to mid 7000s uh, overall so just not trustworthy enough for me uh, for me to feel good about that position but just you know small forward in general is sort of like a wasteland down below Carmel Anthony so you're not to sort of pick your poison and no. uh, more than likely I would probably just side with you and, and draw the line at Harrison Barnes keep tabs on Jeff Green to see what he does um, in his first game, uh, potentially uh, against the uh, Golden State Warriors, and then you know um, throw Shabazz Muhammad in the in, in the back of my mind, uh, potentially if I if I want to use him too there as well. And Andre Iguodala is, I guess, a guy that you can sort of make a case for, but I never really try to use six men, no matter how much uh, of uh, how much run they normally get, unless I know that they're a consistent thirty minute guy, and he's not that yet. You know, although he is probably the best of the of the second tier that's available.
0: Yeah, All right. now we have we, – we actually have a little bit of time to kill because there's only four games here. How are you handling these guys that just got traded over, like the Jeff Green situation? Um, we also have Markeith Morris and his game with Washington tonight. Like, I kind of agree with you. Um, I'm not using Jeff Green. I think he's going to play, but I don't think they're going to give him, like, big minutes in his first run. But I think that it takes him off the table and takes Wes Johnson off the table because, you know, I think he's going to take minutes away from Wes – how do you feel about like, you know, Marquise Morris and how that's going to affect guys like Otto Porter and Nene? And when would you start looking for that to happen? Like, the, you know, like you said, you don't you don't think so in the first game, you know, with Jeff Green. And I'd assume it's probably the same with Marquise because it's the same way I feel. But like, how many games do you think it's going to take for them to get that guy into the rotation? And like, can you still use some of those other pieces who we think they're going to be stealing minutes from? And, you know, how do you think all that plays itself out?
1: Yeah. Um. My thing here is with that is everybody gets a one game suspension. For me, I want to see what they do with their minutes. You see what they what you know what the plan was or or currently is for Friday with, um, you know Tobias Harris coming off the bench there. I mean a lot of these probably like to me I I think that my, like most of these players need to start like Jeff Green um and Markevich because they have such a need for them and they they're such better options than the, than the current you know. Uh, rotation that's being rolled out there like paul pierce or bob Mute or west johnson or whatever so i expect mm-hmm. that there to be some heavy usage and to be like a good level of production going forward but i want to see it first you know you, you never know what a coach is going to do when it's the first guys first game off the team i wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys end up getting brought off the bench and being limited to you know 22 minutes or something like that and you're never going to like that in your starting lineup so i get a one game sit 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 your butt down show me what you're going to do on that team and then i'll reevaluate there um afterward. you think that's fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I, I might even say longer than one game. Like, I think it's going to take a week or two for these guys to, like, fully settle into the role that they're going to have going forward. And, like, right now, there's just so much uncertainty around how it's going to be handled that I'm a little bit cautious about not only you. I mean, I'm not using them at all, but I'm also a little bit cautious about using the guys who they're going to steal minutes from because You know, we always talk about it all the time. You know, if a guy's hurt and you're getting an extra four or five minutes out of somebody, that's a reason to start looking at him as a guy that can make value or have upside at his price. But we have the opposite situation here where since somebody was added in, we might see three or four minutes less from all those guys. So if we're going to see a few less minutes from all those guys, you know, I think it's going to affect them negatively. So I think that, you know, for now I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach with not only the new guys in there but also the guys – who play that position and had been seeing the bigger minutes already?
1: Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So, um, you know, at least one game for me, and if it looks, it's, it can easily get extended past one game if they get brought off the bench. And I don't like what I see. The only way they get that one game suspension lifted is they ball out in that first game, and you know, yeah. like all right, all right, that guy looked good. Oh, he played thirty three minutes, and he was productive. So,
0: yeah, like as soon as as soon as I see one of those guys play. 28 to 34 minutes you know that range in there that we want to see them um if their price is right then i'll be like all right well if they did it in the first game they're obviously gonna you know he settled into that role now he's only gonna do that or probably more going forward so that that's about the time where you know the guy goes back on my radar too i think
1: all right sounds good to me bob barker all right um, before we get into the power forward position, uh, I want to let everybody know, for all the business owners out there, uh, that if you need a website, why not do it yourself here with Wix.com? So no matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your business and your website live today. You don't need to get you need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. So with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or design designer to create something beautiful, you can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. So when you're running your own business, you're bound to be too busy, too busy to worry about the budget, the scheduling appointments, or building a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The results will be stunning. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the 4 and tell me what you got here for your power forward position.
0: Yeah, I'm I got to be honest, I don't really love anything here. Um Paul Millsap has been underperforming since, you know, the death in his family. So that's, you know, he he doesn't really stand out to me as somebody that I love um Draymond Green's been underperforming a little bit lately too although he has a great matchup against the Clippers although apparently the Clippers are really good against power forward defense because they shut down LaMarcus Aldridge last night so not really sure if I love either one of the guys up top um Porzingis has actually been playing pretty well lately so he could be somebody I look for matchup against Minnesota a little bit of a higher pace um but I don't really expect him to have a huge game I'm actually looking I think my favorite play the guy who I expect to have the most exposure to is probably Amari Stoudemire. Um, even with Whiteside back, as long as Bosch is out, they don't have a lot of big guys down there. And and uh, you know, with Miami, they just traded away the Birdman. Um, you know, like we said, Bosch has that blood clot issue. You know, Whiteside should be back for the Saturday game because he had the one game suspension. But I still think you're going to see some pretty big minutes out of Amari Stoudemire. Uh, his price is down there in like that four K range, going up against Washington. It's a fast pace. Um, and I like him more than I like Nene Hilario, who's the other guy in that price range that you would probably look at. So I think that Amari and Nene both have a little bit of, you know, both, both have a little bit of interest that I'm looking at them right now. But of those two, I think I'd rather go with, uh, Amari Stoudemire. I I, I hate to say this, but he can actually play more minutes than Nene Hilario. So we found somebody who Amari Stoudemire at, you know, age 36 with a bad back can play more minutes than on a consistent basis so i think i trust him a little more than i trust nene
1: yeah the other problem too is if anytime you roster i feel like this personally i don't know maybe this is true for you or it's not true for you but like anytime i roster nene hilario i have to listen to watch me whip watch me nene you know in the background or i feel like i have to update all my team names to that so i don't know if that's a positive or a negative for you how do you approach that Any?
0: Anyway? um See, I'm not really sure how to how to answer that question right now. I would I would probably say unless he does what he did last night, because I mean, in his last two games, he's gone basically six x and seven x. Uh-huh. So at that point, at the end of the night, when I look at that, yeah, I'll be whipping and May nay and myself. So you know, <laughs> I, I would be I would like it if I could see that, but you know, again, now that Marquise Morris is in there, you know, he might get a few less minutes, you know, yeah. this isn't really the greatest matchup for him against Miami, slow pace and all that. So I don't think there's a ton of upside with them when there's not really a ton of upside with them anyway. So,
1: so just you know, not a lot of, there won't be any of this going on is what you're saying, you know, you just,
0: but I mean, mean at, four, at four, at four, at 4k, which is the price he was at the other day. If he stays at 4,100, you need 21 fantasy points out of him. you know, to make value and anything above that is upside. You know, like I said, he went for 25 and 29 in his last two games, which was 6X and 7X. You know, it's like I said, I don't really love him. If you're asking me, you know, this is the lineup to save your life. or you are going to get a bullet in the head if you lose? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could put him on it. But if you're looking for upside in the GPP, I I definitely think that you can get some with them at only 4K.
1: All right, fair enough. For me, Gorgie Jang is going to be my my value option that I like here overall. Um, I'm I'm definitely good with Amari Stoudemire. I think you're you're right on, and it's a good matchup uh, in that front line that we don't have to worry about uh, being terribly strong defensively. To me, my top option is going to be uh, the Splash Cousin, Draymond Green, against the LA Clippers. I don't care that Lamarcus Aldridge got held down. That's got to be an aberration for me. You got to be able to. You got to want to attack that power forward position. You know whether it's Jeff Green or um, you know Paul Pierce, Bob whoever they ro- end up rolling in into that starting rotation overall, that's just a terrible uh, you know position to defensively. And Draymond Green, if he does what he's capable of doing, should eat them alive. Definitely going to be expensive, um, but that's going to be my pay up guy and my pay down player, Gorgui Jang, who's been very safe. There plays forty, had played forty one minutes in two of the past three games and has hit double double status with monster assist numbers: two, six, four, and seven assists. In the past three games, to me, I think he's a, a must-play at this point. I hope he doesn't get priced up uh, too much, too far above uh, the sixty-three hundred range because uh, he's providing supreme value overall and crushing, you know, from a six x up to nine x uh, level uh, over these past game, couple games. He's hit nine x twice since January 29th. ninth So, uh, you know, to me, lock and load with with Jang here on a um, on the four-game Saturday slate. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the center position and put a bow on the show with your top options here in the pivot.
0: Yeah, I actually, the guy I like most is actually somebody that I'm spending down for here. Um, I don't think DeAndre Jordan's in a great matchup with the Golden State Warriors. His price has been coming up, so he's kind of expensive. I don't like Greg Monroe going up against Atlanta. Um, I actually don't hate him, but his price is up to almost 8 k. And I don't really see him having 40 to 50 point upside, especially with Jason Kidd as his coach messing around with the minutes. Carl um, Anthony Towns has been unbelievable lately, but I don't know if I love his upside in a slower pace matchup against the Knicks. So the guys that I'm looking at, I'm coming down to like uh, Marcin Gortat who had a pretty good game last time out against the Utah Jazz, which is one of the toughest matchups you can have in the league as a big guy. So if he can put up 50 against the Utah Jazz, I think he can do some damage against the, uh, you know, the Miami Heat that are going to be rolling Whiteside and, you know, Amari Stoudemire at him. Uh Also, don't hate Al Horford at 7,200, I think is what he was the last couple games, uh, going up against Milwaukee. I think that's a decent spot for him. I don't think there's a lot of upside, but I think there's more safety there for a cash game. So I think Gortat's the guy I like for upside in a tournament at his price of 69, and Horford's the guy I like for safety at uh, seventy-two.
1: I think that's uh, those are all fair uh, calls. All overall for myself. Um, I think we also need to remember to Hassan Whiteside. Miami does not play on Friday, if I'm correct. Is that is that correct, or is that not correct? Um, Did they play last night? They... No, they play
0: tonight. They play. They play tonight because Whiteside's serving the one game suspension tonight, so he can he'll be in on the Saturday slate tomorrow. Okay,
1: okay. I wanted to make sure that I had that right because I originally thought that he should have been available, but the latest information is still showing up talking about the suspension so people just need to update their stuff is basically it's not on Rotowire we don't have that crap okay so um I, I you'd like to check multiple sites to keep my projections accurate but um if you if you check out the Rotowire projection you won't have that problem um Carl Anthony Towns against you know the the um uh New York Knicks yes sir I think you know we, we've seen such consistency from him he, overall it's just how can you not is, is I think, the approach that we need to take. And then Hassan Whiteside, too, I think is is going to be in, in a super juicy spot, provided that he uh, doesn't have any uh, other outstanding issues like that overall. But it has to be a double-double lock in my mind, I think. you know, And you you do get a little bit of a discount from Carl Anthony Towns, but I think I'm locking and loading there uh, with Towns. And I don't want to really mess with the the rest of the, the whole situation. You know, Greg Monroe versus Al Horford uh, defensively, and Al Horford, I'm still upset about his lack of rebounding uh overall so I think that's where I'm going to sort of um sit there and reside and I don't know how what's your approach with DeAndre Jordan against the Golden State Warriors you know what's your thoughts there by the way
0: if he was cheap you know there there are places that he's still kind of cheap like in the 7k range um on some of these other sites where he's cheap I think he's okay he's been averaging um 16 points 15 rebounds and three block shots like over his last seven or eight games so those are pretty solid numbers that get you about forty fantasy points. Now I think Golden State is a tough matchup for everybody, um, but it is a faster pace matchup. Faster pace, more missed shots. You know, more chances for rebounds. Maybe faster pace also helps him because he's a guy that finishes running up, you know, running up and down the floor with Chris Paul on the other end. Um, you know, so I, I think that he has an okay chance to reach value. I don't see this as being an upside game against them, though. I mean, as much as Golden State does play some high-scoring games, they do have a good defensive efficiency. They're not a very easy team to score points against. Um, they're not a very easy team to rack up fantasy points against. So I'm off him on this game, and I'm, I'm somebody who probably plays DeAndre Jordan more than the average person does, um, especially in GPPs because of the rebounding and block shot upside that he has.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there as well. So I, yeah, the, the main thing here for us, in, as far as we're concerned on FanDuel, just not enough value overall for me to be um, uh, you know, terribly interested in. And you, do, you are going to have to pay top dollar for Carl Anthony Towns, but I think he's going to be worth uh, every penny uh, overall. And you know, If you you want to go down below that, I'm actually okay with Bogut in, in cash games because I think he's going to have to play a fair number of minutes uh, against a guy like DeAndre Jordan, since DeAndre Jordan should be uh, a guy who gets – um, you know, a, a, a strong amount of run on the court. Um, and so Bogut for me as a cheap cash option or, you know, maybe a GPP flyer um, is a guy that I can sort of stump and make some sense for, uh stump and make some sense for. But I really do want to roster Karl-Anthony Towns to a lesser extent Hassan Whiteside if I have the salary available to me. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, row of shows for the RotoWire DFS show, podcast. I don't know if it's – if podcast – um, is fitting anymore because we're we're so interactive now. We're live streaming. We're we're on the U, official YouTube channel. So don't forget to, uh, if you just search if you just search uh, on your YouTube page at RotoWire, it'll pop right up. You'll see our lovely faces available for you to hit that little red subscribe button. We definitely appreciate that. Um, don't forget, you can always check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. You can send any messages on Twitter to Benny at Benny R11, and check me out on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. And for all your other uh, fantasy needs, uh, regardless of which sport they are, it's at RotoWire to check out the latest information, along with RotoWire.com. Thanks for watching and for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.